Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Harness Sayadar and Sayadeen. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. Okay, what's up, Hesperians? This is Phantology, Stephen and Ben here, reviewing The Dragon Republic, R.F. Kuang's second book in the Poppy War trilogy. So I have to apologize to Ben because he finished this book about a month ago, right before Rhythm of War came out. I said that I would be on schedule to finish about the same time. <laughs> I failed. I just finished yesterday instead. So I'm quite fresh on this book, <laughs> but uh, we may have to forgive Ben for, you know, some murky details, right? Like time passes and and uh, we just finished all of our coverage of Rhythm of War, which understandably took up uh, all of our fantasy brain power for quite some time. Yeah. And I, you know, I really like this book, but a combination of like the, a little, like slightly more difficult for Amer my American brain to comprehend, like the names and the places and even like the different cultures, it yeah. kind of is like a little bit muddier than even like a normal run of the mill uh, fantasy book would be at this point. So I'm kind of here just to say whether I agree or disagree with Stephen's hot takes on this. Yeah, which I do have some. Before we get to that, if you like Phantology Books, you can find us online at www.phantologybooks.com and you can support the show at patreon.com slash phantology underscore books. So we are actually going to start, we didn't even talk about this, Ben, but I think we're going to start with a brief non-spoiler thing. We'll do that sure. uh, kind of quickly and then do a uh, spoiler-filled I guess, uh, episode right after that. So go ahead and tune in to uh, whichever one fits uh, fits your billing. Don't, uh, obviously don't listen to spoilers if you haven't read the book yet. So non-spoilers, let's kind of talk about a few things here. So this book is what we call a speculative fiction. So it's based off of real events or it's, it's modeled after. I mean, it's not like a one-to-one, -one, this historical event happened, therefore we have this event in the book, there are some things like that. Some things it's more just like thematically. This is something that I haven't really read before as much. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't recognized it, but I thought it was really pretty cool. And honestly, if I knew more about Chinese history, I would, I think I would like it even more. And I did some Wikipedia deep dives to try to educate myself, but, uh, you know, just not growing up with that made it a little bit harder. How is the speculative fiction taste for you? Yeah, I really like, I think you you posted something on our Discord that helped me understand it a little bit better with it not being one-to-one. -one. And somebody made the point that it's about like understanding. It's not about like making characters exactly the same. It's about like understanding the motivations of what might inspire a character to grow in certain ways. And so in that regard, I really I really like it. And, you know, I think that this is, we, we often talk about how fantasy gets a bad rap, but really like, it increases your understanding of the world and your like um, empathy and sympathy. And this is like another case where like without reading these books in the fantasy genre, like I just wouldn't have kind of naturally gained this appreciation for this different type of culture and this different like set of history than I would be exposed to on a daily basis. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, prior to last year, when I started to read the, the Three Body Problem trilogy, I didn't know very much about Chinese history at all. I'll admit, just didn't grow up with it. And so after reading that, I got interested in things like Cultural Revolution and some more modern things. And now after reading these two books, I'm more interested in more like 20th century Chinese history. And so I did some, some dives into that. And so, yeah, I've learned more about the real world and educated myself and, and become, I don't know, just like at least a little bit more understanding of another culture, which is fantastic, right? Yeah, yeah. So that if there's one thing, you know, one reason, strong reason to recommend these books, it's that you, you gain uh, more of an understanding about a culture that you're not familiar with. So that's a fantastic reason why you should read the series, should read these books. Are there any reasons why maybe you pass on the series or you consider something else instead? Yeah. So I would say even after, like, I've read some pretty grim, darky stuff, you know, Joel Abercrombie is kind of at the top of the list, but even compared to that, there are scenes in the series that, that surpass, I would say what I've read from, from Joel Abercrombie. So it's not as, it's not as kind of steady of, of a grim, dark feel like, and that's kind of what makes it a little bit weird. Like there'll be, you know, like I would say 90% of the book, you kind of have this sense of, you don't have like a sense of dread reading it. You're, you're kind of okay with what's happening. And then there's certain parts where like, there's like a dead baby or something like that. And it's really explicit. And so if that's something mm -hmm. that affects you and will get kind of lodged in your mind, then you might want to avoid this series. It's all about an ongoing war that yeah. starts about halfway through the first book and then continues through all of this second book. And it does not shy away from the horrors and the terrors of war. That's a huge theme throughout the book. There's a quote from Rin who's like, the empire's just constantly been at war. That's the only thing they know. And looking at Chinese history, I realize that's, that's pretty true, actually. Yeah. And I think pretty much all of history prior to the 20th century through all of humankind, that is unfortunately true. And this book really does not shy away from showing you the horrors that people experienced prior to modern times. And honestly, that makes me really appreciate the time that I live in where war is so foreign to us. We, these events are so, are, are so horrific, but if we lived 100, 200, 300 years ago, it'd be like, you know, yeah, that, that's kind of what war is. That's, that's the reality of, of yeah. life almost. Yeah. And so that's not really a criticism. I remember the first time I kind of read about war, it was called, it was a book called the things they carried. And it was like for, I think it was Vietnam, Vietnam war, right? Yeah. And so that kind of exposed me to kind of the, the atrocities of war. Um, and so if you're looking, like if you're looking to give your teenager, some like somebody, a book to ex expose them to that, then you might consider doing this, but it's pretty graphic. And so that's kind of just something to keep in mind. And then if you're just reading this, for a, like a nice easy read before you go to sleep or something, you might want to um, be aware that you might be having nightmares after reading it. So not a criticism. It's a great book, but that's something that you should be aware of. Yeah, definitely a trigger warning there, I guess we'll say. Yeah. Any other reason? I mean, what are, what are some pros and cons of the book? I think the prose was great. The setting, yeah. obviously we talked about the speculative fiction aspect of it the setting was very cool with these fantasy lands that really kind of related to real world very well i thought that was a made for a really compelling setting what about the characters what do you think of these characters yeah i would say the characters again i'm going to shy away from saying that this is 
a big criticism, but it's definitely a con for me, like where the characters weren't super relatable and I didn't really care about the characters that much, like especially the protagonist. By the end, I just didn't like her that much. And that might be the point of the book a little bit. But so um, without going into spoilery discussions, that's going to be a con while not being a criticism. I was up and down on the characters when I started getting into this book. And this may have been because it had been about a year since I read the first book. When I started getting into the Dragon Republic, I was like, wait, who are these guys? They all kind of seem the same. Like they're all different shades of gray, but I don't really care about any of them. By the time Mm -hmm. I was done with the book, there were at least like two or three characters that I did legitimately care about. I'm with you, Rin, the protagonist. I don't really care. I mean, I, she's a good character, but she's not likable. I, I yeah. don't necessarily care what happens to her, unfortunately. There are others who are, are much more that I'm much more attached to. So overall, the characters are like a like a meh for me. There are a lot of mm-hmm. other reasons why I liked the series, but the characters, I've seen better characters in other yeah, books. For sure, better characters. This book is translated into English, right? No. Oh, it's really? written in English. Oh, for some reason, I thought it was translated. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So RF Kong, she is a PhD student, actually. She lives in the UK. Cannot remember which university she attends there. But I think as part of her thesis, she's writing these books. I don't know if they're related to her thesis or not, but she, uh, she she's pursuing a, a doctorate, I believe, in Chinese history. Wow. So uh, a little bit more props, of a unique yeah. path to becoming an author. Yeah, total props. Yeah, I mean, I, if I were, I can't speak for her, but if I was a PhD student and I had a major major t- times 100 hit on my hand, then uh, I might consider no, no longer doing a PhD. You might drop out. <laughs> I might drop out. Um, and so I guess bringing that up as part of kind of to end the non-spoiler discussion, does this book belong in a time stop 100 or do both of them, right? Because both of them made an appearance, correct? Well, before we go there, I okay. do want to go, kind of go back to something you, you, you mentioned that you might consider dropping out. I think that speaks to the dedication of what she is trying to do here. She's trying yeah. to, you know, bring out Chinese history a bit more uh, into, into the world and, and uh, I don't know, make it more accessible. I, I would assume I, I assume she has a passion for this. And so yeah, major sure. props for doing that yeah. and for, like you say, having to books land on the time top 100 fantasy book list of all time so fantastic work and i'm looking forward to reading the birding god for sure uh we'll see if that also makes the time top 100 that would be three books from one series on the list i I don't know about that but uh yeah so to kind of go back to what you were talking about uh we did talk about uh in a previous episode i think we reviewed something that came out i just referenced it it was Times listed the top 100 books, fantasy books of all times. And there were books from Lord of the Rings to Mistborn to Narnia, One Wheel, One like Wheel of Time, Narnia. Yeah. Uh, so all sorts of books, all sorts of different fantasy uh, books from over the years. And both the Poppy War and the Dragon Republic landed on that list. There's only 100 books that get in, right? So you think two books from one series. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, some people have gone as far as to say like, oh, this is just, you know, like trying to be more liberal and represent different cultures and stuff. And they were just kind of in there because of, of what they were. And 
I would definitely disagree with that. I think these are fantastic books on their own. I don't know if I would go as far as to put like two books from one series. Maybe you just represent the series with one book. And if I was going to do that, I did like the Dragon Republic more than the Poppy War. So if I was doing the Time Top 100, I haven't read The Burning God yet, but uh, the Dragon Republic was better. I would have put that one on and taken the Poppy War off. I mean, Stormlight Archive didn't even make it on that list. So that that's kind of my main beef. Yeah, I could agree with that. I I think I enjoyed the Poppy War more than Dragon Republic. I might maybe say Dragon Republic might be a better book, but I enjoyed reading the, the Poppy War more. So um, that's kind of a hot take. No, it's it's a more enjoyable book to read. You can stomach it better yeah. until the end, really. Yeah, fair. Okay. All, All right. right. Well, so let's let's yeah. close out the non-spoiler guy. Give us a rating out of ten. Just pure enjoyment. I'm gonna say like six and a half. Mm. That's just low. pure enjoyment. Pure, I, pure enjoyment. But, I think but this is a okay, better so, book than six. So and pure half. enjoyment, six six out of half. But what's your rating for the book? Book. If I was to like, uh, probably seven and a half. I, I would say seven and a half. I'm going to go 8 out of 10. Okay. And to give some context, I gave Rhythm of War 9 out of 10. And I can't remember other ratings for... We need to do this more often. I need to have my... 8 out of 10 is a good rating, I guess is is what I'm trying to say. So um, I I read the last half of it pretty pretty well through. I think the first half is a little bit slower, a little more disjointed, but the last half was quite entertaining. So if you haven't read The Dragon Republic yet, go check it out and then check out our review, spoiler-filled review, that is coming up next.